You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. No, I just I had to borrow that from one of the guys. I did not have one with me. I was just trying to remember my computer and all the other important parts. The guys think ahead for stuff like that. When did you find out that Michael's touchdown became a run and not a passing touchdown? After the game. Super bummed. I told him on the field, I said I'd never had a quarterback that threw one, ran one, and caught one. So I was super fired up, and then somebody broke the news to me. It was a bummer. How did Jack Westover come out of the game? It looked like he took a pretty good hit. Yeah, he got a concussion. Yep, so he's in concussion protocol right now. He took a shot to the head. and uh, Yeah, but he's, he's doing great, and he's feeling better already. Um, he'll, he'll be fine. Did you see targeting on that play? Honestly? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> it, did, I, it did look like to me, you know, I, I mean, the refs got to make the calls they got to make, but I, I felt like um, there was a pretty good chance that that was targeting. Coach, I know it's double-edged sword, but as good a year as you had, your name is coming up in the coaching carousel, rumors and stuff. How are you dealing with that right now? Well, I, I think you got to take the same advice you're you're giving your quarterback, right? And just you know, you got to put that stuff aside and do your job, and and uh, you know, focus on what's in front of you. And I think that that's served Mike obviously really well. He's done such a good job with that of. You know, leaving that stuff by the wayside, and, and uh, I'm super happy at Washington. I told my guys that, and you know, couldn't be more fired up to keep leading this team. Is that a goal of yours someday to be a head coach, Jim Carter? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. How do you talk to Kayla about that? Because you guys' relationship is pretty tight, knowing when to leave for the right jobs. But how do you guys manage? Oh, that, that's a good question. It's actually. Uh, for me, uh, I'm in a really good spot with that. Just that I don't have to be around the bush or anything like that, you know. Because ultimately, Kalen will want, you know, what's what's best for me in my career, and you know, he, he wants me to uh, get to have all those experiences as a head coach someday. And and uh, you know, for me to be able to talk to him and use him as a mentor in those situations, you know, because that's what you really want is if and when those those days come, is that it's for the right job. You had 700 yards of offense. You know how many of the plays that you know Mike ran were the plays that you called in, and how many did he check into? And you know what was it that got you to that many yards? And you guys went unstoppable. Yeah, we had. Uh, you know, it was one of those games going in that you were. Um, I don't anxious is not the right word, but you know before the game in the locker room, I was talking to. 
Shep and, and Nick and Huff and Lee. And I just said, man, I just, I feel like we're going to go off. You know, I was very confident in the game plan that we had, um, but at the same time had a ton of respect for their defense because we knew to execute some of those was, was going to have to, we're going to have to do it at a really high level. And so it was, we just felt really good about the game plan we had and uh, uh, the guys played confident, which is, I thought, maybe the biggest part was just their confidence that they had in how they were operating, you know, and that was for me when you saw them operating in practice during the week and every time you ran a play, um, it got a little bit better, you know, it was, was exciting. And then most, most of the checks just came from me, just looking, looking to play for Mike and getting him into the best look we could. I think he had two, um, two pretty good throws that, that he checked into himself on a protection. Uh, they did a really nice job with. Ryan, just, I can't remember sure. that many. Go ahead. I can't remember that many long balls being thrown by a Washington quarterback. Was that part of the game plan, or was that just something Michael saw? No, that was definitely part of the game plan. Um, we felt like if they were going to play aggressive, so were we. And uh, if they were going to try to cover guys one on one, that uh, felt a lot of confidence, you know, and a lot of uh, faith in the offensive line to protect, even even under some duress, and be able to get the ball down the field and shoot. There was two or three in the first half that we had, you know, a shot to come down with as well that we just missed on. And so I told the guys that at halftime, we're, we're going to keep firing. And if we keep getting the looks that we anticipated, um, the ball keep going down the field and it did. And obviously, you know, right out of halftime, got a great look for a, a deep shot and, and hit that one as well. Right, I don't want to misquote you. So just to go back to what you said, so you thought before the game that you guys would go off on the on the Cougar defense. You did. Well, what what specifically about their scheme kind of led you to believe that you could do that? Uh, again, I just felt like if we were going to get some aggressive looks, that uh, we would be able to stay aggressive, and and we felt confident in and again some of the protection schemes that we had, and then then obviously just get a guy like Mike that is a really good deep ball thrower, and you know if you guys saw him in practice, you'd see that the number. Of of times and the percentage of hits that he has in a week on deep balls is is impressive you know just as far as the completion percentage so yeah we just we felt really good about it and it was one of those things even uh chuck was saying you know up in the staff meeting earlier today he was like yeah you guys were quiet all week he didn't normally you'd kind of say something i was like well i felt good but you just you just want to be quiet and see what happens and we did Ryan, I'm curious, you know, you guys have obviously had so much success with, with Mike uh, coming out of the portal this year, and that is available to so many programs where you can get those guys and continue to have success. Do you feel like that's sustainable to do something like that for a program long term to keep on picking up those guys, or do you still need the lifeblood of your QB recruiting to be those three, four-year high school guys? I think you always want to develop guys in your system. I mean, ideally, you know, in some extent, you know, Mike could make the case that he was developed in the system. You know, and that's something that I think is important is that he did have, you know, at least a baseline understanding of what Coach DeBoer did with him in 19 and then, you know, coming in here now. So I think there's a piece to that 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 gave us the confidence that Mike was going to be, you know, an elite quarterback in the system. And so I think you'd, you'd love to keep it um, in any position group where you can develop guys and, and they really get the all the small details of being a great player. Um, at the same time, I think everybody has to be realistic that, you know, it's competitive and, and we want to make the roster the best that we can. And um, I, I know we'll stay aggressive. And if we have to make a move, we will. Mike kind of started a little slow in the game, kind of felt like he was missing some guys. 
Did you see that too? And what do you kind of attribute that to? Uh, I, th I think there was there was one that he potentially missed on, but uh, you know, I think again they were they were back there a little bit early on and and uh, playing aggressive with some pressure looks. And I think once we got him settled down on on that and felt a little more clean on a few of the protection looks that that I needed to get him into, then uh, I thought that that settled him down quickly and and he was able to take advantage of that. Ryan, I know uh, Mike's a pretty understated guy and deflects a lot of attention. As his offensive coordinator, could you make a case for why he should be in consideration for the Heisman Trophy? Well, I think beyond the, the statistical uh, you know, evidence that Mike has had as a quarterback, I think anytime you look at big-time players, you want to look at what they're doing at the end of the year, how much they've progressed, and that they've been able to win big games. And for Mike, not only has he done that, but he's done it on the road. You know, And uh, even take the Oregon State game, right? I mean, that is not a game any quarterback in the country would want to throw the ball. And that's exactly what we had to have him do. He goes 97 yards or whatever it was and, you know, wins the game for us. And there's wins. You know, I don't even know what the wind was that night. But it, was, it wasn't great for throwing the ball. And so you look at games like that, winning in Eugene, winning the Apple Cup last night when we're, you know, for a little bit there, we we're in a shootout. And so for me, I think uh, – when guys can shine like that on the biggest stage at the toughest moments and make the most critical plays um, and have responses too, like Mike, it wasn't always perfect in those three games in particular, but Mike's response was elite, you know, and the way he, you know, drove the team to a win in, in all three of those football games, I think, shows that he's one of the best in the country. And Caitlin, obviously came from an offensive background. I'm curious how influential he is with you when you guys are, you know, come up with the game plan, you know, place to call it. Is, is, is his voice heard a lot or is it mainly give you a Tommy on that? Um, you know, we, we have a, a great understanding and work together great. You know, I think that um, what I'm really blessed to have, I've always described it as Kalen's just a great sounding board. You know, he doesn't have the luxury of, you know, sitting in a staff room watching film all day like I do. So for me, putting the game plan together, you know, without him isn't necessarily um, a hindrance on, you know, being able to just talk to him. You know, hey, I need a little bit more on, on red zone 20 to 14. What do you think about the calls I have? So, you know, I try to utilize Kalen the best I can and be efficient just as a sounding board. You know, it's not really that he's in there uh, game planning the whole time with us, uh, but he, he certainly does provide good answers when needed. Right. You, I remember you saying right when you got this job, one of the first press conferences before the spring, that you looked, thought that the O-line was a group that could do what you needed them to do, an immediate strength. And that was a group that the perception was really underperformed last season. What was it that you saw immediately that you thought, okay, we can work with this, and has that group outperformed what you expected? Uh, that, that's a good question, a good memory. They, um, they have. They've done a great job. And um, I think maybe in some regards, maybe even better than we could have thought. Uh, but I thought that their size and athleticism after watching them on film, uh, thinking about what we would do with them in this system, and you know, just being able to have guys that when you need to gear down and run the ball, that they could do that, but also be elite pass protectors in this offense. You know, I certainly saw that, and that was something that I felt like with some of our schemes and how we protect that they'd be able to do a great job with that. Right, and you mentioned the Mesco, some of the little things with, with Mike Faison. When you looked at that 19 film and then now that you've seen him progress through this year, what are those things where he 
took real exponential jumps in this offense to have the success that he's had? Well, I think it starts with discipline. You know, I think with any quarterback having the discipline to, to stay within their progressions. And um, I think that's where you see Mike have a lot of speed through his progressions, you know, where he can get to his second and third and fourth option quickly is that preparation piece for Mike, you know, that he doesn't have to force the ball, that we can get back to that throw another way. And I think that that's where, as a younger quarterback, probably that – you know, is is stressful for any guy at that age. And, you know, for Mike to just have the discipline to realize, oh, yeah, you know what, we have this five or six ways in the game plan. I know Coach will get to this and call it another way to attack that same area or that same person on the defense. And so for Mike, you know, his discipline to stay with that and understand that he knows that we'll, we'll get to it, I think that it always starts there to me. You know, I think there's small things with Mike's footwork and his posture in the back of the pocket has, has really improved um, you know he's always had a quick release but I think that you know you can utilize that even more when you're a little bit more balanced and so for Mike I think all those things his vision I, I thought particularly has improved he's not letting his eyes get all over the place you know and again that always comes back to just being disciplined within each play and knowing when you watch Mike I mean the simple part of it is that he knows where to get his eyes early and he knows at the end of the play where to get the ball to and who to attack. And, you know, for Mike, he sees the whole field. You know, that's one of the biggest strengths of him as, as an elite player in this country is that I think he sees the entire field as good as any quarterback in the country. Ryan, you mentioned uh, during the Oregon game the call after the pick he threw. Yeah, how that, that's not what you do. It's not what he's supposed to do. And then he throws the pick again in the end zone. Next drive, five plays, touchdown. Talk yeah. about that phone call that you had after that pick and his reaction to yeah, it. Yeah, same, same. Uh, so you, you know better than that. And um, you know where that ball's supposed to go and not supposed to go. And, you know, you don't have to win it on every throw, you know. And, and for Mike, that was, you know, a short conversation and, you know, remind him, hey, I'm staying aggressive. That play is over for me and, and it should be for you too. And he's like, yep, I got you, coach. Don't worry about it. It's over. You know, and that's what great quarterbacks can do is play in the present, you know, correct what they've done within the course of a game and, and make the next big throw. And Mike's really elite at that. And then Wazoo came in, Mike asked about the line, with 74 TFLs, 30 sacks, and they didn't have any in the game on Saturday. I mean, what is that? that resonate with you a little bit? Yeah, that was a great night. <laughs> that was a great night. And just being able to to make some big run hits too, you know, and keep keep them off balance. I thought that, you know, our, our pass game was hitting high percentage and the ball was going down the field. And so to be able to get those run hits at the right time, I thought was critical. And, and uh, the O-line, you know, they do such a good job of not getting caught up, you know, because sometimes for offensive lines, when you're just pass protecting, the speed of the defense of line, you know, running up the field can get to be a lot. And those guys don't complain. They don't worry about that. You know, when are you going to call a run? They just they come off the ball and perform. So I think there's a mental edge to those guys and how they're playing right now is, is really high. Mike said a little while ago he intends to play in the bowl game regardless of his his NFL decision. Was that something that, did, did you ask him for a commitment on that one way or no. other? Did it never come up? No, never came up. You know, not surprised at all. I mean, Mike's a competitor and and uh, and he's the ultimate teammate. You know, I, I would have been didn't even feel like that was a discussion needed to have, honestly. You know, that doesn't surprise me with Mike. So I just I think he's He's excited. You know, this would be the first bowl game he's he's ever played in. You know, so he, he's fired up about that opportunity. Uh, on the whole line note, uh, 
I think there were a lot of fans last season that, that weren't very happy about Scott Huff being retained after last year. To have the season that that group has had, how big has he been in that, and what has he done to really maximize those? Oh, players? he's he's been huge. I mean, there's uh, a lot of evidence on on why to keep a great coach like Coach Huff, you know, and that's not a industry norm, right? You come in, take over a program, and and uh, you keep a guy, especially at such a pivotal role, you know. But meeting with Coach Huff and watching his film, you know, I, I broke down their film from the previous three years and seeing how the O-line performed, you know, uh, to me, 21 was an anomaly and it wasn't, it wasn't the norm, you know, and to see the number of really elite high level offensive linemen that have come out of this program that both Scott developed and, uh, you know, recruited said uh, it spoke volumes to the type of room that he could run. And so I think he deserves a ton of credit. I think he did a phenomenal job and, and, uh, I'm just really excited for him because I know what it feels like to, to be in that seat and, you know, when you have to perform and, and especially, you know, he does a great job, not worrying about how many pass plays we're calling, how many run plays, just play the play. Right here. Is there a particular part of the offense after the regular season is done now that you take a personal amount of pride in what you've been able to do? Well, I think for anybody that, that coaches, I think it always starts in your room, you know. So for me, I, you know, naturally take the most pride in Mike, you know, and, and his development, and probably more importantly, the the room's development because I do think every quarterback in that room has improved, and uh, you know, I think it, it always starts there for a position coach just to feel really good about what your contribution is to the team uh, from within your room. And what about? the design of the offense or the play calling or is there one that sticks out to you or is there just any part of that that uh, I think I think it's more uh when I think about the offense and, and the guys and how they've done this year, uh, I just think about how far we've been able to take it in year one, you know, and that was my message early on to the guys is we'll be as, as creative and, and have as much, you know, width in the offense as they'll allow to have. And they've always taken that challenge really well. And, you know, we've been able to continue to build and, and add on and change throughout the course of the season. And, um, you know, I told that, I had a discussion with Taj Davis the other day coming off the practice field. And what I thought was exciting was that these guys, their mindset and their edge that they've had all season, they had that in fall camp. And so there was no proof of wins or 500 yards of offense or anything like that. There was just a staunch belief by the guys um, that we were going to be that. And uh, they've done a good job of just staying really enlisted in the, in the whole scheme and the belief of what we could get done here so it's been pretty fun that way you've been transparent about wanting to be a head coach one day i know it's not the priority right now at all but uh that's obviously a position that goes way beyond schematics and game planning watching kaylin over the years you know what have you learned about what goes on beyond between the lines stuff and what do you think the, the biggest well, challenges are Kalen, Kalen's a lead at building relationships. And I think that that's what, you know, at the end of the day, every assistant coach and every player wants is, is uh, somebody that's going to, you know, value your relationship and value your peace and, you know, being part of the team. And, you know, I think that's where people end up performing at really high levels is when they feel like they have value.
and they can add something to the team and to the program. And he's always done a good job of that. You know, I also thought that he's he's been consistent. I've said that more than one time. And I think you know, for anybody that's a, a player, assistant coach, you just want to show up every day and and know you're going to have the same guy there. You know, and that he's going to operate at a really high level and treat people the right way and and you know motivate them to be their best. Don't you think, though, that head coaches are more CEOs than actual coaches? Is that really what you want? <laughs> There's definitely a piece that, um, and I've told Jen this, and I've told Caitlin this, that, I mean, I have a, a deep passion for calling plays. And, um, you know, for me, I do. I mean, I have a desire to be the best old coordinator in the country. Like, that's a deep-seated belief in who I am and what I want to be. So there's definitely a path that I'm on with that right now. What was the reaction of the box when Wayne scored the dagger there at the end? That was a big fist pump. That was. We knew, I mean, I thought there was a really good chance we'd have him in man coverage and, you know, got him on a fly sweep fake and um, a swipe cut back and hit it pretty clean. Brian, I know that when you guys got here, you had to hit the road running. And I know that... There were like five coaches living in a house at one time. You know, real estate market's going crazy, moving your family. Can you just kind of describe in a nutshell what this year has been like? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the rain came back out here the last couple of days, so there were some, uh, just some memories, you know, a little cooler out, the rain hitting, and, you know, just coming back into the office even today. You know, I took my daughter to school and kind of just looked around. You know, my wife wasn't here at that time, and um, just reflecting on everything that's happened, and, and you know, my initial emotional response to being here was that this place could be unbelievably special not knowing really anything about washington and now you know going through a full year of it and seeing the support of the community and and the kids that are in this program it's just uh this place is incredibly special so excited to be here have you been, you know, you're, you're confident in what you do and you've had some talented pieces to work with, but are you still a little surprised at how successful it's been? Because I've watched this program for a long time and you've had like an off quarter here, off quarter there, and that's been it. You've pretty much had your way with offense with 12 different football teams and it's kind of stunning to me. Are, are you surprised by that at all? I mean, you never want to be surprised. I think the top end of what you believe the product can be. And I just... Over the years, the last five years, you know, coaching on the West Coast and seeing Pac-12 teams on film consistently and then getting here and having a chance to evaluate the kids that were, you know, in this program, knowing that we had to add a few pieces. Um, I felt pretty strongly that, that we were going to have enough good pieces that we'd be able to compete with and beat anybody in the Pac. Just All right. one more. Oh, yep. After watching all the film, what was the one play that maybe put the biggest smile on your face? In the oh, the, touch, the throwback touchdown to Mike for sure. Because he's always, he always say I'm not going to call something where he has to touch the ball and go. So that was that one put a huge smile on my face. Because the guys, the, the level of detail and the execution on that play was incredibly high. So And there was virtually every, every player on the offense had to do exactly what they were supposed to. So that, that was a fun one. Have you hesitated to call something with him running just because you want to keep him healthy? And of course. <laughs> of course, you got to wait for that exact right time where you know there's a good chance he's not going to get hit. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Good. You bet. Thank you. Morning. Six points in the second half. What was the conversation like at halftime that kind of led to? Well, I did, you know, just getting guys to settle down a little bit. You know, um, obviously, you know, a huge amount of hype going into the game and, 
And uh, I mean, guys were maxing out. You know, guys gave max effort the entire time. But it's just the the extent of the discipline uh, at times, especially when you know you look at a quarterback that drops back 55 plus times in a game, and you know his elusive capabilities um, just kind of reminds you of growing up as a kid. The first time you get a Nerf ball and you know go get your buddies together for some backyard football, and that's what a lot of those plays had turned into. And so uh, just getting guys into a little bit better rhythm and, and making a few adjustments. There was a call late in the fourth quarter, unsportsmanlike conduct, to jam the signal or delay a game. Did you get an explanation of what exactly that was? Yeah, I'm not 100%. I mean, obviously, there's there's uh, some sentiment that we were um, attempting to simulate the offensive signal for the ball to be snapped, which we strongly would disagree with. So. Braylon Trice only had the one sack, but his numbers for pressures and hurries are, are pretty crazy. In that yeah, game. just, I mean, I think you go back through the game, you look at six sacks, and, and man, you know, we probably had another opportunity, maybe another six sacks, and then just constant pressure. And we knew that going into the game, it's just being relentless. And, you know, Braylon's obviously a guy can win one-on-one, -on -one, and we try to keep him soloed up as much as we possibly could throughout the course of the game. And, and I think over the course of time, just, con you know, consistently getting the quarterback off his spot, making him move his feet, not giving him clean throwing windows. Um, and I really felt like all of our guys did a great job with that up front. I thought, you know, Jeremiah Martin was relentless, continued to pass rush right down to the last play. Um, ZTF, same thing. Those guys just, you know, they had a busy day of, of, chasing, of chasing Ward around. Jayvon Parker got his first career sack. Did yeah. You, would you play, also play the career high snaps? Just what led into that, and what have you seen in his growth? Well, we needed him. I mean, first of all, we needed him. I'm just just in terms of some depth things, and then, you know, I think it was one of those things where there was, um, you know, schematically, we didn't have to, to to be as concerned about some certain pieces of the game where we could let him just go out there and roll a little bit. And you know, I think that's exciting for in terms of development of young guys on the squad right now. And and uh, you know, I think he's got a bright future for us. How big did the reaction to Mike's interception feel? You guys went three and out on that very next drive and gave the offense the ball right back. How pivotal was that moment? Yeah, I mean, I think our guys have been great about that the entire season. I mean, that there's so much faith uh, and trust. I mean, and obviously we've got great reason to believe in in Mike and what he does, and that's not going to throw us off at all. It's just like, you know, we talk about all the time in, in this pursuit of, of, of you know, being a great, playing great team football, you never know what situation you're going to be called onto the field or under what circumstances, and it, it's your job to go out there and, and do your thing. And, you know, I think our guys have never, they've never blinked when it's come to those situations throughout the course of the season. MJLA looks like he didn't make the trip expected back for the bowl game. Yes. Okay. Yes. Same thing with Hamuli, I think, uh, wasn't there either? Um, I'll leave that one with Coach DeBoer. Anything else for Coach? All right, let's bring up Coach. Thanks, guys. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Good morning. Um, Twelve games, man. It uh, it flies by, but uh, when you really think about uh, everything that's happened, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of pieces to it. Um, I think it was uh, it wouldn't be to the date, but it would be the Monday after uh, Thanksgiving, after the Apple Cup, where uh, you know, we got a chance to meet with this team a year ago, and it's crazy what's all what's all transpired. You know, just the way it all comes together and it's just every day you know the staff uh, you know pulling together staying the course uh, the players doing the same and um, you know being 10 and 2 uh, you know can't say it would Put a put a, a number on the record as far as number of wins that would uh, make us feel good about the season, but um, certainly proud of the way the guys you know kept battling. You know we were four and two at one time, and to rattle off uh, six straight to end it uh, you know means a lot. We talked about the month of November. You know are the games you remember, um, and we're going to remember these. So uh, pretty awesome month. Um, got the wins we needed and put ourselves in a spot to to hopefully have a a great bowl game. Ryan just said he thought before the game that the offense could go off on the Cougar defense. Did you kind of have that same thought in the back of your head? I just feel like every game we go into, um, there's a confidence that we have right now. Um, it starts up front with our offensive line, and obviously Mike's the trigger man that just makes it all go, and uh, our skill positions are uh, as good as it gets. So um, I just think there's a confidence, and as long as everyone's in sync and about the only thing I brought it up after the after the post game. About the only thing I was maybe a little nervous on on both sides of the ball was just uh, you know the week of practice uh, with the sickness going around. I know um, Darren uh, the Nystrom, our our head athletic trainer, this morning said, um, "I go give me a number," and he said we were over 50 guys who had some type of sickness and symptoms throughout the course of the week and multiple days where we had 10 guys at least missing practice. And so you know putting it all together, I think there was a time or two where you you kind of saw that uh, come through with poor execution, um, probably just a couple of errors maybe on defense and things like that. But uh, for the most part, um, it came to Friday. And, uh, you know, I think, can think in particular of AC and, uh, you know, Jackson Kirkland getting in front of the team. And, you know, there was no way that that was going to be an excuse. And we would never even probably be brought bringing this up if we uh, didn't end up on the right side of the of the game uh, because now it only sounds like uh, you know sour grapes but uh, we you know we battled um, and those guys were not gonna find you know gonna find any way to, to win and, and refuse to lose and so that's uh, that's something I'm pretty proud of because that just shows the resiliency this team has and how far we've come um, from the middle of the year when uh, you know uh, maybe we couldn't have got through something like that to where it just didn't feel um, 
you know, feel where it needed to be, you know, going into the game. Did most of those guys just practice through it or, or guys sitting out here? Tonight? There was guys that were that were definitely out, you know. We had um, just some, you know, fever and, and stuff to where they had to be sent home. Um, it seemed like it was pretty contagious what was going around. And so, um, you know, you're also hurting yourself, not just hurting other guys on your team, not just yourself by being out there. So, um, again, had multiple days where we had 10 guys missing practice. Yeah, your offense, well, last year's offense went from 20 points to almost 40, over 40, I think, this year. Doubled your average, yet Ryan Grubb is not a finalist for the Royals award. I know, I just saw that right before I walked up here. And, uh, I mean, no disrespect, right, to the other finalists because those uh, those finalists obviously are very deserving. But, uh, man, what he's done um, for our program and what, uh, you know, uh, what the offense looked like this year, um, you know, for the most part, same guys, right? I mean, your, your trigger man's a, a – uh, I mean, different, but, um, you know, Ryan just instilled a lot of confidence in our offense uh, from day one, uh, just the organization, um, the plan that's in place, um, you know, making sure the staff's all just on the same page each and every day to where the message is very clear, whether it's X and O oriented or just culture oriented within the, the offense. And, um, man, he's built great relationships with these players, um, not just on offense, but across the board on defense as well um, the impact he's made um, is uh, certainly not doesn't go you know unnoticed and so you know he's a close friend too you know I mean when you go through it as many years as uh, I have with him I mean um, just uh, so happy for his success and uh, man what a, what a great year he put together for our team could you give updates on Humili Ali and Westover uh, Westover was hurt in the game um, with a concussion, and um, I know that that was already announced. And so, um, and so, I think he'll be. I think he's doing better already, um, and we would expect him back for a bowl game. Um, uh, who else? Hamuli uh, and, and um, MJ Ali. MJ was out because of sickness. So, um, and then Hamuli is not, uh, he's indefinitely suspended just with violation of uh, ICA code of conduct. So. Did you see targeting on the hit on Westover? If it, yeah, we will submit it. And uh, I, f I felt like, uh, you know, it's certainly one that, based on the rules, feels like, uh, you know, it certainly could be the case. What do you think of the defensive call? I know you, you were not pleased at the time. When at the end of the game? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, obviously they're, I'm putting two and two together, right? I mean, they're a, they're a clap cadence team just like we are. So I'm assuming based on what I heard from the officials and their explanation is that they felt someone must have clapped. I'm just telling you, we're just trying to line up. <laughs> you know, they're in a frantic pace. They already have a great tempo to their offense. And now they're in, you know, um, you know, I mean, a really fast mode. And uh, we're just trying to get lined up. And um, there, was, there was nothing uh, that I can find on film. I asked our staff to look um, on the sideline. So just, you know, the timing of it is what's really hard because, you know, it's a fourth down, you know, and all of a sudden you're giving them free set of downs. So getting 
unfortunately it didn't hurt us, but um, you know, just knowing that we've never been called for that in all the years, you know, um, at least the team that I've been head coach on, we've never been called for that. That's not something that we're trying to do. Um, there are certainly teams and we've had that done uh, where it's intentional against you, but um, that's not how we operate. So uh, just uh, thought it was an interesting call at an interesting time. No, not not in the game. Yeah. Um, no, not even warned ever. No, I don't think so. I think it's a time of year for the coaching carousel, and I'm sure some of your guys are going to get some attention. How do you deal with that? Are you trying to keep them here, maybe go to Jen and ask for more money, or are you encouraging them to uh, advance and see what's out there? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, in the end, uh, if it's a, a decision that makes – a ton of sense and is a great opportunity. Um, man, I'm going to be the first one to support these guys because, um, I mean, that's me too at one point, right? And uh, you want these guys that have given so much, uh, just like the players moving on to the NFL, right? When they give you everything they've got, you want what's best for them and their families. You just want to make sure it's not something where it's a, a move just to, to be named a head coach or just to be named a coordinator and uh, that it makes sense and, and that it's right. And so, great community communication through relationships that we have, I think is, uh, where it starts. And, um, certainly I know, um, Jen is invested in, and, uh, you know, myself obviously, and then also with the staff and trying to keep things in place and have the continuity, continuity be, uh, be strong. And so, um, you know, uh, I'm sure that there will be certainly opportunities that come to the staff uh, at some point and, uh, you know, just work through it. Coach Grove's probably the name that's circulated the most when it comes to that. You touched on a couple of things, but what is it about him as a coordinator that, that separates from other people's it's creativity, ingenuity? What would you think it is? Um, I think, again, going back to just original, he starts with a plan. Um, it starts with high expectations. Um, he, he's, I think he's really grown it uh, in the last, you know, as an offensive line coach, you know, you really become good at uh, uh, building relationships and bringing a group together tight. And I've always felt that, you know, when I was a coordinator and he was the offensive line coach, that man, he was just exceptional at that, you know. So, um, you know, the relationship piece. And then I just think the last couple of years in particular, He's just really, I mean, you heard it. He wants to be the best offense coordinator in the country. And, um, you know, he's got a passion for just never being in a, putting, putting his guys in a bad spot. And, uh, you know, that might be the play calling. That might be him and the, he and the quarterback, in this case, Mike, uh, being on the same page, you know, just making sure that, hey, you know, get us out of this play or check to this. And, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of just gotcha times during the course of the game where he's prepared, um, his, you know, Michael's prepared, and uh, the whole staff's prepared and got their guys uh, ready to, to pounce when uh, we get the certain look. I mean, that first play of the third quarter, I mean, that, that play's been sitting on ice now for a couple weeks, you know? And, um, I mean, you know, no holding back. Like, let's go. And uh, we talked so much about starting fast in the third quarter, and, um, I mean, that was a huge play just to give us that momentum and get us, uh, you know, um, that, that lead uh, on top of the one that we had going in. So um, he just uh, – I think it, the, the timeliness of play calling is there's – a, there's a feel to it, and it comes with reps – and he um, he's now banking a lot of reps and uh, has that feel. And and when you uh, when you have success and you kind of got that swagger as a play caller, 
Um, not that you don't think then you, you don't have any caution on man, I can never make a wrong call, but you just really, man, you just want to do it even better the next time. And I think that's where he's at right now with, uh, with calling offenses. What did you see that made that play possible? Just the right coverage. We've hit that play a number of times throughout the year. And, um, you know, it, it could have worked last week against Colorado too. You know, you just hold on to it and, um, you know, just the, the, the right look versus the right play. And we got a lot of those type of plays, right. That we, you know, are the, are the, the big hitters. You guys have seen it all year, you know, and that one in particular, um, we just felt good about with uh, the, the, the person running it on our end versus the, the, the scheme and the, the personnel on their end. And, uh, you know, know Mike's ability to make that throw doesn't uh, go unnoticed either you know he put it right where it needed to be but uh, I mean it's not it's not like a, a trick play or anything it's just you know it's one of those that we run now it looks a lot like other plays we run too so it's not like you can just be looking for that one only you know because something else is coming off of it so I asked Ryan this too, but I'm curious. You know, you've had so much success with Mike this year, and we're in an era where the transfer portal quarterback and they're going all over the place. What's the balance between you know some programs may try to live that way over a course of years, but also wanting to continue to develop three and four year starters out of mm -hmm. you know out of high school in court at quarterback in particular. Quarterback in particular. Um, yeah, I think it is a fine line. Um, you know, I, I I feel like there's uh, there's great high school quarterbacks that you. Uh, you can't wait to build your program around, you know, and um, bring the, the skill sets, the mindset that you really want. Um, but you got to weigh every year with where you're at with your room and, um, you know, what what's best for your team. And if the right one is out there, um, you certainly got to look at it. It was you know, clearly a no-brainer to uh, to be seeking out Mike, uh, knowing he was in the portal, um, him knowing the offense. Uh, that I mean, I think you'd all agree now, looking back on it, really the only question was whether he uh, would stay healthy or not. I mean, that was the wild card. That was the X factor. And uh, the guys uh, put a lot of work into making his body, uh, you know, stronger and uh, had a full off season. And you can see him just grow as a leader uh, through it all uh, because he's had a full year to work with a football team. And so, um, you know, you just got to balance that. Every, th every year, I think it's different. Every scenario is different. So. You mentioned the, the athletic department investing in you, investing in the, the coaching staff. Is there ever a discussion about you have this much money to spend on your 10 assistant salaries, or is it just on a... You, you hire who you want to hire, you, you figure out the money out. Yeah, I think there's a, there, there is. I mean, there's a general kind of pool um, to work with as a starting point, um, but it is done on an individual basis, uh, you know, with each coach. And, um, um, as you know, you, you, you know, there's a starting point, and then you kind of just work from there, um, especially based on the success that you have uh, in that position coach's area or that side of the ball, you know, just things like that. So, um you know, I'm really happy with uh, the direction and the investment that Jen uh, continues to make uh, in our program, uh, whether it be the coaches on the field or the critical staff that uh, we have in the, off the field, you know, when it comes to recruiting, strength, conditioning, you know, all those other areas. Caitlin, the conference got rid of the North and South divisions to try and get the two best teams in the conference playing for the Pac-12 title game. Do you feel the two best teams are playing Friday? I mean... It's hard because there's a tie, right, for the second spot, and uh, we're in that tie. And so, um, 
you know, we all agreed on it before the season. Those are the rules, and and that's what you got to go with. And uh, you know, we'd certainly love to see if we uh, if we got that type of team. We feel we do, um, certainly. Um, but you know, we've had we had our chances throughout the course of the year, right? And there's two games that are uh, in the loss column, and um, you know, we needed to have one of those uh, not be the case for us to to get what we deserve. And um, you know, and uh, you know, it is what it is, and we just got to learn from it and make sure uh, we don't make ourselves vulnerable like that down the road. Coach Jackson Kirkland's been here a long time, and he's played every position on the offensive line except yeah. seven. When I talked to him after the Oregon game and after the Washington State game, he really seemed to take those more personally than anybody else I talked to. How did things change when Jackson came back? Yeah, I mean, it was it's so fun seeing uh, – you know, just the reaction that he has after these uh, these these few last games and the two in particular that mean so much to him. Um, you know, I, I feel like you know. Uh, just that mindset that he has from day one uh, is kind of spread throughout the offensive line. Uh, seeing them have success uh, without him um, was awesome because, uh, you know, it just, uh, I think it still said a lot about just their, their, the way that the culture was in that room. But then when he came and joined us, uh, you know, and was back on the football field, um, I do think it went to another level uh, just because his practice, practice habits are exceptional. Um, you know, he, he just, I mean, it, it's a, it's a hundred percent, you know, full go, you know, for him all the time, you know, he's just exactly what you're looking for an offensive lineman and, uh, you know, having him at guard. Um, I just feel like he was in there just really, you know, keeping the pocket clean and just, you know, shoving guys around and, um, you know, man, he he's a he's a force in there, and uh, you know the stats that we have offensively, I think, continue to get better and better because guys like him continue to improve, and uh, yeah, just I think it starts with the mindset, and that's uh, what Jackson, you know, has, and um, I know his passion to have this program be uh, out on going out on on top when he was going out uh, was a big deal to him, and we talked about that after the game the other night. You may mention him. You made mention, Kalen, of, of it being one year since you arrived here. Did you do some reflecting today as you were like coming in? And if so, what stood out about? No, I think yesterday. I think yesterday, you know, got a chance. To, I mean, really, it's your first day kind of where it's a little more low-key. There's always work going on. But um, since we really started camp, you know, it's really the first day for the staff to, to be away from the office for the most part. And so uh, being around your, the family and, and having them all there at the game was uh, really special to me. Um, first away game that they were able to be at. Um, you know, just a lot happens, and that's happening not just with me and my family, but uh, a lot of uh, – a lot of other of our staff as well you know um it was it, it, it's going 100 miles an hour you know and there's so many decisions that everyone is making and you're doing it for from a career standpoint you're doing it from the from the team standpoint you're doing it from your family and trying to do what's best for them and uh you know we just got the, the right people here you know uh, that i'm surrounded by that um you know continue to give everything they got so i think that's the reflection is there's a lot of decisions and a lot of pieces that have to fall into place and, uh, you know, up to this point, uh, a lot of those have, uh, you know, been really successful decisions. You mentioned um, last week that you'd be polling for Oregon against Oregon State because we all got to be selfish here, right? I think those are your words. 
Is it safe to say that you're pulling for USC right now, given that consensus? <laughs> We've become very selfish the last few weeks, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> given the consensus is if Trojans win, you're probably going to Pasadena. Uh, I mean, I guess I look at it this way, right? I mean, we did Utah a favor already, right? So, <laughs> so we did them a favor, and now, uh, you know, I don't feel like I owe anything to them uh, anymore. But, um, you know, just, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, selfish-wise, you know, they're certainly a team we're rooting for, you know. What would it mean to go to that game? I mean, that's probably a more prestige to it than any other. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be really incredible um, here coming back year one um, after, you know, a four and, four and eight being, uh, you know, 10 and two and, and having a chance to play in the Rose Bowl, uh, which is so the dream of so many guys, especially that uh, live on the West Coast, um, you know, so to playing on uh, not New Year's Day, but on January 2nd would be uh, certainly a highlight, you know, in these guys' lives forever. Uh, on the, um, near the end of the game, I ran into an old tight end, Bill Ames, who yeah. I had 30 years ago. And I, I, I said, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm a road dog. He's a road dog. And I've never heard of this. Is this something that was a carryover? Or did you institute it where he went out for the coin flip and yeah. and was brought in for something? Yeah, every every game we have a road dog. And that's been something that's been carried over, you know, when uh, especially you go to other cities and you might be close to maybe where one of the alumni live. And I uh, had a great conversation with Bill. He was over here earlier this uh, this spring as well. Um, and uh, uh, or earlier this year as well and uh, you know just fun seeing those alumni enjoy the experience I mean every game we've had different guys at different places uh, you know Dean Kirkland went out with Jackson you know at uh, the Oregon game and that was a special one that was being close to home so did you institute that or did the program have it before there, there was a, there, there was pretty much that in place in the past yep Coach have you noticed any difference um, in reception and recruiting with the 10 wins uh, I think as the season's gone on, it's been building and uh, the confidence in uh, who we have in our our, our list of commitments, um, you know, just continues to, to be strong and um, their excitement, you know, you know, you get a lot of text messages, right? Because it's it's mom, dad, and it's the it's the prospect that's committed to you before and after the game. And then it's uh, the alumni. And so uh, it, it's just really fun seeing, um, you know, how fired up they are about uh you know the direction we're going because if you think about it I mean they they committed to a four and eight team you know and now they see what this potential what the potential is uh, that exists in this program um, you know they put a lot of trust and faith in in us as a coaching staff and the vision that uh, we have here in the program um, along with what the predict the, the tradition is of this program as well and uh, the support we have so um, we're excited about uh, signing day coming up here very soon there's there's maybe some uncertainty obviously is, is quarterback how how set are you on wanting to sign a high school quarterback in, in this class regardless of, of how maybe some of those things shake out yeah i mean ideally you sign one every year you know um and obviously there's some gaps in our in our in our program uh, we only have three on scholarship right now you know i mean going back many years you'd like to recruit one every year maybe you lose one so you got for sure four um but um ideally you'd like to have a, a scholarship quarterback now if it's not the right one you know don't just take one to take one um the time of the the portal of certain 
certainly has uh, evolved and changed uh, the way you look at that. And so, um, you know, we just got to play it day by day and, and see kind of where it continues to go. Just to follow up on that. So back in the day, it was almost imperative to get quarterback, high school quarterback every year. Is it still as important now because of the portal? Does that kind of change? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you, you know, the more reps and uh, the more continuity you can have, whether it's your staff or your players, and I th shoot the quarterbacks almost an extension of your coaching staff. Uh, you look at what Mike's doing. He knew the system coming in. I just think that uh, gets you off on the right foot from the beginning of the season when you, you have a guy who's, you know, not not a stranger to the program and the offense um so it helps having a quarterback who's from within and and come up through uh through uh the years uh you know and uh so i i think it's still important to have a quarterback uh, out of high school yeah and in terms of roster management with the portal how different is it from 10 years ago like do you yeah. sign your class and then you fill in or do you yeah, it's uh, and there's a reason why I'm here right now, right? I mean, this would normally be a contact period, and this is the first year uh, in the recruiting calendar where um, it's dead. And so today through Thursday, it's a dead period um, with the full intention to where, you know, coaching staffs uh, across the country can spend their time, you know, talking to their players, um, knowing that um, a week from now the portal does open up um, and that window, uh, you know, it does exist now. So, uh, you know, just want to really have these conversations, these talks and, and uh, be able to, you know, hear what they have to say, but also have them hear what our, you know, our vision is for them. And so um, I think to the second part of your question um, again it starts with the high school guys and uh, we have you know a, a really solid group and you fill in uh, the gaps needed to improve your team uh, you know with a little bit more immediacy um, going into the next season so um, you know we're we'll be working on that once uh, you know once we see who enters the portal and and have a chance to improve our roster maybe that's what this week is for but has anybody indicated to you that they won't be playing in the ball game at this point no no one has this is your first ball game as a head coach. It is actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you want this experience to be all about for the guys? Yeah, I think there's different levels to it. The seniors, this is it. Um, I always felt playing in a national championship game when you know your last game, um, you know, it's special. And I think that's what a bowl brings you is you know when your last game is and everything leading up to it. Uh, you know, sometimes it gets emotional for guys, but uh, you, that's what it's all about. That's what this experience is. is uh, and that's our goal as coaches to make this one of the most, most, more, most memorable experiences of these guys' lives. So um, you want it to be special for, for those seniors and, and you continue to celebrate everything they've brought to the program um, especially this year and uh, yeah it's just uh, added practices that can help our guys uh, who need to continue to develop um, grow I think it's not just the practices it's also the workouts you know because uh, in a normal year like la or in a year like last year um, I mean these guys pretty much finished the season and as much as there was volunteer lifts and so forth, there wasn't probably a lot getting done in the month of December, you know, so. Is there any guys that maybe have been out for a while that you may get back in time for the bowl game? Or is there any guys that, you know, we may not know right now that we won't be able to play in the bowl game? Um, any update on that? I'm, I think, uh, I don't think there's anyone um, 
I don't think there's there's many guys that would or anyone that would be coming back yet that hasn't been playing, or I, I don't think there'd be many guys or anyone that would come back that uh, has been out. So, is there a path for for Kuala to return to the program at any point? Uh, I don't think that we'd, you know, probably something I want to discuss right now. We can discuss that when uh, the season is completely over. You, you coached Michael at Indiana. You, you know, you believed him. You've seen him go down with injuries every year before this. I don't think the country was too aware of him. And now he's leading the country passing. We're seeing Penix for Heisman trending on Twitter right now. I mean, just to see that evolution, to see this all come to fruition, how cool is that for you? I mean, the guy is just... Um, he's special. He's a special player. We've all seen that. But I mean, what, what when you when you guys are interviewing him, you hear him deflect everything to his teammates, Coach Grubb. I mean, myself. I mean, it's anything but him. And um, I mean, there that's certainly true. You don't do it without a supporting cast, but. You know, he is so humble. And, uh, I mean, he just really wanted this bad, you know. And I think that that's a, the competitive spirit he's had all along. And, um, you know, just wanting to – I don't think it's about proving people wrong. I think it's about, you know, the thing I love is probably wanting to prove us right, you know, for, for having him here. And um, I didn't feel like we were taking a chance. Um, I knew that uh, the there was some – really like unorthodox injuries that happened along along the way and um, man seeing him just thrive and in, in the moments uh, that he's had I mean we're talking about game winning drives I mean just constantly the response after you know something happens uh, whether it be to him or you know they score um, his response is just always just on point and it's it's immediate you know it's not like oh you know a quarter later, you know, he finally, you know, made the throw, you know, he just, he's so, he's just so good in the moment. And, um, he's always really had that and, you know, seeing him really come out and, um, the guys believe in him. He gave us, I think a lot of hope, um, from day one, uh, seeing his talent. Um, and I think game one, when he came out, people kind of did a double take on what they were really seeing, whether it be his teammates or just, uh, the fans and, and you guys in general. I mean, just, you know, like, wow, okay, he is different. And, you know, we saw that kind of take another level in the Michigan State game where he just came out of the gates, uh, you know, slinging it all over the place. And um, in the big moments that have continued to happen, even in the losses, you know, even in the losses, you saw him just continue to fight. And uh, the belief in our team that we always had a chance existed because of, uh, you know, his ability to make plays and make throws and, you know, put the offense on his shoulders and, and move us up and down the field. What does it mean personally to get him healthy through 12 games? What is it, what? What does it mean for you personally to get him through 12 games healthy for the first I, time? I think it's I think it's every, I think it's a, a tribute to his work ethic um, and also just the plan and the, the constant uh, work he's put in with Coach McKeefree and the strength staff. Um, you know, Coach Grubb is very involved. You guys don't know this little known fact, Coach Grubb 
Grubb was the strength and conditioning coach of the year back in the, the USF days. So, you know, Coach Grubb is very well versed in strength and conditioning, but, but uh, that is true. That is true. So, um, and uh, he'll let Coach McKeefrey know about that every once in a while too, you know, so, but I think it's just uh, in all seriousness, I think it's a tribute to a lot of people really being involved and Mike just, you know, staying the course and uh, putting the work in. So what were your messaging be to him? I mean, you talk about your coaches, but for Michael, obviously mm -hmm. he's a phenomenal year. He has another year of eligibility if he wants it, but he's yep. fifth year guy anyway. What have you talked to him about it already or what will you talk with him about? What's your focus? Yeah, I think uh, the process, first of all, is just continuing to relay the information that we get on what uh, what could exist if he moves on and, um, you know, also what could exist if he stays, you know, as far as even like where it goes a year from now, um, whether it be because of the draft class and at quarterback or just in general. Uh, we just want to get him as much information as possible. And he knows that um, in the end, I mean, he's he's raised our level of our program. And because of that, um, you know, we're going to be in a good space. Um, but also, obviously, him returning, you know, gets us a head start on everything because uh, we know what we have at QB. And, and uh, I mean, you know, as opposed to this last year where it's, it's, uh, it's throughout the entire year kind of like, hey, who's going to be the QB? Um, you know, you certainly know who your QB one is going into next season. And uh, that's a big deal in building your team and getting a great jump come January. Do you really believe there's a chance he may come back? I, I think there is. Um, you know, um, I just feel like he loves loves the game and uh, he loves college football. Um, and um, I think, you know, you can always, in his mind, uh, find ways and areas where, you know, where he finished finished off the season, you know, starting the season uh, at, at that level um, just makes it that much better every year. And uh, we got a lot of great pieces around him that are going to be back. And so um, there's a lot of optimism about what uh, the offense could be, what our team could be. And, um, you know, that's for Mike to decide. And there isn't, uh, like, people are obviously reading into every word I say right now. There's nothing to, uh, to where he's uh, articulated or said anything that uh, makes me feel strong about that. I just think that he um, um, hasn't decided and, uh, you know, has really tried to just focus on playing every game, you know, and giving it his all. And uh, now, you know, kind of going through that process is what, uh, what he'll be doing. And so we just want what's best for him, just like he wants, uh, you know, wants that as well. Looking back, you know, that now that you're done with the two rivalry games, Oregon and Washington State, those two wins, how important were those two wins on moving this program forward, especially going into the offseason with recruiting? Yeah, they're, they're big from a rivalry standpoint, uh, just recruiting, like you said, um, you know, the, the impact of that and, and uh, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, you have kind of uh, the, the hold of the stronghold of the state is uh, is key and critical. And then, um, you know, just the competitiveness of the recruiting uh, between both us and Oregon, uh, you know, and uh, is, is a big deal as well. So, um, you know, it gives us uh, 10 wins. Uh, both those were needed to get to that point as as uh, we kind of want to be one of the elite you know, this became kind of at the point where this could be one of the, the better years in uh, program history. You know, um, it's hard to win 10 games and we've done that.
Was there a point that maybe you noticed a little bit of shift on attitudes towards Washington and maybe eyes opened up a little bit more? Could you sense that at all on the recruiting trail? Yeah, I think it was it was probably uh, that that time frame where um, you know we got to uh, seven eight you know and then beating Oregon um, you know I just think that uh, there were some eyes opening on how we were winning even from the beginning and what we were doing and how much fun it was to watch our football team offensively I think there's a it's been pretty well. Uh, you know, documented, I think, defensively even, you know, sacks, you know, getting home on the quarterback. And there's there's things that, uh, you know, we continue to need to shore up as the season went along. But, um, you know, I think we're an exciting football team and, and people notice that. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Yes, Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.